0: Learning about the narrative ins and outs of Paw Patrol. Welcome to Pod. 432 of Hand of Pod. I am joined this week by English Dan. Hello! Or rather, I'm joining English Dan, because as usual, we're in his living room. And you just heard Nawel a second ago there as well. Uh, he is watching Paw Patrol in the corner, on mute. He's quite unhappy about the uh, muting of it bit. And indeed about the fact that I'm here.
1: Especially like <laughs> you know what they say about the perfect compromise it makes? It leaves everyone unhappy. And I think that really is the case now. We're unhappy, we have to watch
0: it. He's unhappy, <laughs> he can't hear it. So we definitely come up with something here. I mean, I'd, I'd never seen it until last week uh, when I stayed behind after recording. And I'm going to say that, you know, based on what I have seen so far, I've not spent any moment of the last week wondering whether my decision to not have children was the wrong one. Um, shall we go through the results from last weekend? In the... Liga profesional. I've got Copa Argentina in my head because I keep reminding myself there have been Copa Argentina games, there have been Copa Argentina games. We need to talk about those. But, but first, let's start with the league. First, the league. Uh, those matches were Rosario Central. Carlos Tevez got his first victory as a manager, one nil at home to Sarmiento. Uh, Patronato nil Arsenal one. San Lorenzo two. Boca Juniors one. Just when Boca thought their week couldn't get any worse, Banfield one. No Banfield two Unión three Platense one Newells one Tasheres nil Barracas Central two Estudiantes two Central Córdoba two Racing one Independiente nil Atlético Tucumán two Gimnasia nil Lanús two Huracán three River just when they thought there we couldn't get any worse mm. nil Godoy Cruz two Colón 2, Vélez-Sarsfield 1, Defensa Justicia 3, Aldo Civi 2, and Argentinos Juniors 2, Tigre 1. Looking down the list of scores there, um, a couple of things jump out, apart from obviously the fact that River and Boca both lost. Uh, one is that we had three matches that finished 3-2, mm. uh, which were Banfield vs Union, Lanús vs Huracán, and Defensa y Justicia vs Aldo Civi. And another is that the last one, two, three, four of those matches all had at least one red card. Uh, River and Godoy Cruz had a man sent off each. Colón finished with ten men against Vélez, even though they won. Aldo Silvi had a man sent off against Defensa Justicia. And Argentinos and Tigre also had one red card each. Um, So I'm not sure why it got so bad-tempered at the end of the weekend. but. United and Independiente
1: were very lucky not to finish with ten men. Or indeed, start with 10 men because uh, Damian Batashini came out all guns blazing. Mm. Uh, indeed, yes, committed indeed, about yeah. 4,000,
0: what, the first half hour? Mm. Did he make it to half an hour? He got his yellow card on the, in the 29th minute, according to Sofa score. So yeah, and was quite to make it to half an hour. And was substituted six, six minutes later. Mm. In a right half hour, which I
1: don't know why, because he was clearly not going to last a 90 minutes if he stayed on the pitch. Because no. he was an absolute fucking lunatic
0: out there. We may as well begin with that match though. Yes. Um, Gabriel Alche gave Rassi a very early lead after nine minutes and it looked. With his second bicycle kick
1: against Independiente. The first coming in circa 2014, I think. Mm. I remember because I saw a couple of memes going around saying with uh, two pictures, Alche with the dollar at 10 pesos. And you with the dollar at 280 pesos, which was bittersweet, I suppose is, uh, is the best way to describe it.
0: Yeah, um, it looked like Racing were going to extend that lead, particularly mm. when they got given a penalty about, what was it, 20 minutes or so after? Oh, 10 minutes after. Um, yeah, in a moment where they, like, the first
1: 20 no. minutes was all oh, Racing, just absolutely um, dominating it. Uh,
0: but as it was, Independiente managed to hang on. They came into it a little bit, I mean, the, the last. 20, 15 minutes, maybe. They, they could. Have yeah, been, 20, maybe, 25 minutes more to be, on the break than to be generous. Pressure. But um, mm-hmm. you started to wonder whether it would end up in a draw. The mm-hmm. draw that I predicted, of course, mm-hmm. after Santi said the Independiente would get thrashed, purely because Racing hadn't taken their chances and it seemed like mm-hmm. that was something that was going to happen. But Racing did um, hang on. So, they did. Happy about that, Dan?
1: Yeah, of course. It's always nice to to win a Clásico and it's becoming somewhat of um of a habit for Racing uh, something like four out of the last five or five out of the last six have finished in Racing's favour
0: hmm.
1: um, then I don't know if you check the the historial there's all sorts of number tampering going on because of course we've had so many games in recent years which have been Copa Superliga or Copa Liga Profesional or or one you know some sort of offshoot and no one's exactly Sure, sure. Whether to to throw them in with the rest of the league games or keep them apart. Yeah. Because I think what probably before this, the last five years, Racing and Independiente would have played maybe what three cup games against each other in the preceding twenty years, and now they've played four or five in in as many years. So it's throwing everything a little bit off kilter. But
0: yeah, we've got one.
1: As someone who doesn't really give a shit about the number, more just the fact that. Racing are winning regular games against Independiente. Um, I'm very much willing to let this conversation fly right over me. As for the performance, um, as I said, brilliant first half hour from Racing, coupled with an atrocious first half hour from Independiente, they, hard to describe really just how bad they were, they just hadn't seemed to turn up, couldn't get two passes together, um, and I think Santi's mentioned, or I've read it from other Independiente people, how you know Eduardo Dominguez, the now ex coach of Independiente, has been criticised a lot for kind of his his opening tactics hmm. and the fact that he often gets kind of the opening um, the starting I might as well say um, line up wrong, and then just has to kind of make it up on the fly. Um, I don't probably watch enough in the Beniente games to confirm or deny if that's a problem but it definitely was on Sunday where um, Batacini as I said just came out like a maniac um, just fouled himself out of the game really and then didn't do himself any other favours by storming off and chucking his shirt down on the floor um, I pr- probably should mention something about Joaquin Lasso, the centre back who he came in now for Juan Incerralde and he's possibly the worst player I've seen at a big five team for quite a while. Um, probably defense wise, at least until at least since the final days of Fabrizio Coloccini in San Lorenzo when he was already 39 and hmm. could barely lift his ankles. Um, Christ, nice how he's made it that far because I don't think I saw him make a single pass to a teammate and um, I believe he the one who who got caught out for the penalty as well he took down Emiliano Vecchio with a very clumsy tackle after Vecchio just weaved through the middle of the, the Rojo defence um, that penalty w- was hit against the post by Copetti and I think that kind of took the wind out of Racing Sales a bit mm. would you say it yeah, definitely
0: agree. did to
1: me as as a fan somewhat because you thought, you know, 2-0 after 20 minutes, you're looking at an historic um, victory. Uh, but it didn't happen, you know, Independiente got that reprieve, I think, very uh, very shortly after Vecchio um, had to come off um, for, uh, I think, it turned out to be a muscle tear. He didn't look very happy and that took a little bit of the creativity out of Racing and because they already had the lead they didn't particularly need to to keep looking for it and that gave in the Benyendi kind of that doorway back into the game which they probably shouldn't have had and they gained a bit of confidence, started pushing forward and it was a little bit hairy at times in the second half. Um, I don't know if you could objectively confirm that because obviously if someone's invested in the game you tend to exaggerate one uh, way or another.
0: I'd agree that... The um, the momentum definitely changed hmm. after the penalty, I mean the way that Coppetti sold the penalty really well to the goalkeeper as well, I mean he sent him totally the wrong way. Mm. He did everything right it, except it was just get it well, inside the post. smacked it on the post yeah. instead of scoring. Um, and then yeah after that Independiente for the rest of the, I wouldn't say they were good for the rest of the first half but... They tightened up, they kind of learned yeah. the lesson they, they, about what to do. They, they, I don't know whether they were thinking, right, let's, let's dig in and just make it to the break, mm. just the one goal down and then regroup, uh, which is, you know, whether it's what they're planning to do or not, is what ended Yes. happening. Um, and in the second half, they were a bit better, than, as I said, as the game went on, you started to think, well, they could pinch it, because Racing mm. continued to not quite get there, but independent, they didn't really create anything that was clear-cut. They had a couple of flashes yeah. across the box, you know, shots... Uh, crosses going across the box and nobody getting on the end of them that kind of thing but.
1: yeah and it seems to be a recurring problem for for Independiente which something which I don't understand is um whenever I see him one of the only players who seems to ever create anything is Alan Senora, and yet he's always on the bench mm. and I don't think he even came on uh, on Sunday no he didn't in fact um So, I don't know what what that's about, but, you know, as as, as I admit, I don't watch every single Independiente game, but whenever I do, he seems to be the guy who can make a difference. Yeah. You think you want him in, in in the Clásico, but who knows. All we Um, know at the moment is that Eduardo Dominguez, as I said, is no longer the Independiente coach. He is the second Big Five coach to fall. In the space of seven days, exactly.
0: But he fell on his own sword, because mm. he, slightly surprisingly, uh, in spite of what we were saying in last week's episode, he wasn't fired after losing the class he got. It no, and I think that has a lot couple of to... days, right? And then he mm. quit, and the players, or was it the players, said, no, please don't leave. Uh, players and directors. Putting yeah. in that amount of effort for him for the last, for the last few months. Um,
1: yeah, you'd imagine it had something to do with the last 20 minutes against Racing, kind of. Suggesting that everything might not be lost. Hmm. Uh, do we have a replacement yet for him?
0: I was about to ask you the same question. Obviously, it's a shame that Santi couldn't make it this week. But do we know any names that have been Definitely flying do. around now? i let you search Twitter. Search. Let's see. Well, Dan's looking for that. The result leaves Racing fourth in the table. Uh, two points behind the as Independiente down in 22nd. Mm. Um, so very much. At least in the big five sides. I mean, they're well below. San Lorenzo, uh, 11th, Bocca and River, 14th and 15th. So mm-hmm. yeah, some way back. What have you got now? Independiente's top target, i.e. completely
1: unrealistic, never going to go target, is Gabriel Lainzi. Okay. Um, yeah. I think they can me. Probably... Cross that one off to begin with. The more realistic target... uh, Ah, they also talked to Ariel Olan, who was there 2017-2018, won the Copa America. Um, He said no, he's a Católica, and he's not going to leave until the end of... He's under contract, at least, until the end of the year. I don't know if he will leave at that point, but he certainly won't leave before then. Um, And... The most likely target at the moment is Frank Kudelga, Most recently in Hurricane. Okay. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, he's a guy me, who uh, just I mean, graphs, gets points generally, not huge amounts of them, but um, really fails miserably. Either um, he's been, yeah, he's been around. Huracán, uh, Tacheres, Nules.
0: Has he been at Independiente before? Because I just said he knows the club and yeah, I'm not actually convinced that he does. Uh, as a coach at least,
1: up. he has not. Uh, I don't know if
0: during his playing days or... I think he had much of a playing career, did he? No, I can't imagine. Let's see. Gimnasia de Santa Fe. Wow, okay. That's a club I didn't know existed. Unión de Santa Fe, Patronato, Libertad de Sunchales, Boca Unidos, Unión de Santa Fe, Instituto, Huracán, Tacheres, Universidad de Chile, Newell's, Huracán. So, no. no. Uh, in other words, I just um, invented a, a link between <laughs> and Independiente. I uh, apologize if you were getting over overexcited there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, watch this space. We'll find out what happens, I guess, next week presumably they're going to need to appoint somebody quite soon because the league is ongoing you say that but boca haven't. true and how did that go for them against san lorenzo on friday night uh let's find out they went one nil up through marcos rojo Mm -hmm. um finishing off an assist from sebastian misha who still shouldn't be playing playing. Uh, it was uh leveled up 10 minutes after that through Agustín. Hiai, who I've never heard of before, uh, and Adam Barreiro got what turned out to be the winner for San Lorenzo, 10 minutes into the second half. That um, was after San
1: Lorenzo had another um, ruled out by VAR for, a, I think, uh, uh, yeah, a on a foul the in the build-up. Time, yeah. Yeah.
0: Nicolas Fernandes, and uh, Barreiro missed a penalty uh, later mm. on as well. So it could have been a lot worse. It um, could have been, yeah. Boca, Boca really didn't though, do much. Um... Yeah, even though we'd have expected them to maybe pick themselves up after what happened in midweek, it wasn't to be. No, they're not looking great at one. And a very similar tale. I mean, it's difficult to sort of talk about too much at once, maybe, but narratively, and we've already had a couple of questions about it as well, Mm -hmm. it's impossible not to compare it with the situation at Reba, who, as I said last week, if River had been playing Godoy Cruz in Mendoza, it would have been 3 or 4 nil for River. Oh, minimum, course, yeah. Because as we all know, when River play, play in Mendoza, they win. doesn't matter who they're playing against. Um, but they were playing in the Monumental and Godoy Cruz scored twice in pretty much two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Around the 20, 20 to 21st and 24th minutes, that's it. Um, and then held on for almost an hour with 10 men. Yeah. Yes, that's right, yeah, because they had uh, Gianluca Ferrari sent off In the 40th minute, and River's red card, which I mentioned earlier, was actually in stoppage time, basically. So it was 11 against 10 for most of the match. Um, Very poor performance from Lucas Beltran. In in particular, you know, the man who was supposed to be stepping up into Julian Alvarez's boots, but... But then, then, Julian, Alvarez hadn't been brilliant before, so... No, exactly, no. Um, But River have at least got a signing that will perhaps allow them to be optimistic in those terms because Miguel Ángel Borja has now been uh, confirmed. He's, mm. he's joined the club uh, for the rest of the league season, which isn't probably what he was, thought he was signing up for when he initially agreed the contract. Um, but he should be a decent signing, I would
1: think. I mean, yeah, he's, uh, he's been around a lot in, in South America. He's played at the top level in Colombia and Brazil, you know, international football. Um, but I don't know if the problem for River now is going to come further down the field because yeah. I, I think I've been saying it for a while. It's going
0: to be a bigger loss to them.
1: I've suspected for a while that they're going to miss Enzo Fernandez a lot more than Julian Alvarez hmm. because he is very good and he just really marshaled that midfield on his own almost. Yeah. Uh, just did everything.
0: Yeah, um, and um, I think judging from the weekend they're clearly hoping that Rodrigo Alejandro can step up into that similar kind of position I mean he's going to have to because I mean, looking
1: at the names he played um, on Sunday Enzo Pérez is 36 mm. um, and doesn't have a huge amount of gas left in the tank I don't think uh, which is understandable given that he's played an extremely punishing role for, for the best part of 20 years uh, Nico de la Cruz you can't depend on him Week, week in, week no, out. No, he can be brilliant. But Every five games, he'll yeah. put one in, but he's not going to deliver you um, a title. Badella, me, mm-hmm. Palocino I mean, they're decent players, but not, not guys you could base the team around. No, if not, that's fair. Not room. Yeah, um, and then, almost. and yeah, and then uh, Barca, perhaps, but then he's a little bit forward, he doesn't really contribute no, he's not. a great amount uh, outside of the, the final third. Um, obviously, we all want Juan Quintero to get better and start being Juan Quintero, but it's going to be tough. So yeah, it, um, it's going to be a lot riding on Aliendro and going down 2-0 and getting a red card at the end isn't particularly the best way to go about it I don't think
0: no he, he wasn't sort of he didn't do an awful lot wrong until the red car but he didn't really grab the game by the scruff of the neck yeah. that's that's the big worry for River I think for Godoy Cruz um, Gonzalo Abrego who scored one of the goals um, was much better in central <laughs> midfield he was, he, was uh, he drove the game forward a lot of the time um, so yeah, it, it was all falling down a bit. Oh, I forgot Marcelo Garciano also when himself sent off just mm. before half-time, didn't he? When he basically told the referee to send him <laughs> off uh, in an argument. Um, it was another the referees a... last night as well. Yeah. Um, he's not a happy guy at the moment. No, indeed, yeah. So River did get a, a win in the Copa Argentina Dina last night, which we'll talk about a bit later. But um, yeah, and it just, it all adds to this feeling that the walls are falling down a bit mm. around River and Boca at the moment. Um, which of course for the rest of the league is fantastic. Oh well. that mm-hmm. We've got a nice open league season when for the last few years maybe it's been largely a battle between those two teams and if they can be bothered, then they'll win the league and if they can't, mm. then somebody else can. Um, it makes for an interesting dynamic in the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely and uh, it's very similar to what we saw when we first started recording this mm. podcast we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because this league is six six matches in. Um, yeah, and we're
0: not expecting River or Boca to be relegated at the end of next season, just to be clear. It would be great, but
1: <laughs> I'm not expecting it now. Um, but back then, we saw lots of different league winners. We had uh, Argentinos Juniors had just won the league when, uh, when we started recording. Uh, Estudiantes, I think, won it at the end of that year because this was the... Torneo Cortos where we had two champions a year yeah. Vélez won a few Banfield had won the previous year there was that run where it was something like I think Arsenal Sarandí either or... won it or came they won it a point. they won it didn't they there, there was and a run like of
0: 10 or 11 different champions and as many champions Yeah, or something. Lanús got one right a couple
1: middle. of years before um, Huracán came desperately close on the Angel Capa hmm. yeah brilliant um brilliant time to to get into Argentine football which was which was my case because you had a lot of team. you know they weren't the best teams but they were all very evenly matched and probably have five or six who were up there um, regularly and, and giving it a good run while Boca and River were, were floundering yeah uh, who can ask for more indeed so let's hope this is um, this is going to happen and there's uh, you know a few teams that, that are stepping up Racing uh doing a bit better after a shaky start Gimnasia uh, took a step back but they're still up there and then then there's news. so yeah. what can use
0: an huracan I, I mean I said earlier that news were top of the league uh, on 14 points it? 15 points 15. Uh, they were held away 1-1 to Platense mm-hmm. don't know whether you caught any of it now. I did not no this is I the problem not. with um, recording with only two of us is that we obviously inevitably we end up not having caught mm-hmm. some of the matches uh, I didn't catch that one either. Uh, but Platense continued to have a pretty good campaign as well. They're, six they're sticking in there, yeah. Level on points with Racing, only the 100 goal difference.
1: I mean, um, this is a brilliant thing about this year's league. Um, two points separate first from ninth, and mm. Bocca and River are not one of them no. in the top nine.
0: Just the what you want. Other other, uh, second place, uh, Gymnasia and Orocan, in fact, pretty much joined second. They're only really separated on goal... Uh, difference mm-hmm. Gymnasia have plus four Urakan have plus three uh, and their results at the weekend were where are they Gymnasia oh no they didn't I was looking at this weekend's fixtures that's why they were not any scores <laughs> so there to find uh, Gymnasia got a they were beaten 2-0 by Letico Togumano of course they were that's why um, Newell's have gone one point clear at the top uh, and Urakan who I think are probably the uh, by this point now are the team who I'm still most surprised by I mean I was surprised by Gymnasia when I hadn't watched any football for four weeks You remember when we recorded yeah. right after I'd had COVID and then uh, we took the week off or the other way around um, but uh, are the one are the ones who've been really most underwhelming for longest and mm-hmm. it's a bit weird to see them up in third place and they of course are one of the teams who were involved in a 3-2 this weekend and um,
1: The second consecutive 3-2 I believe after the River game
0: Oh yeah, of course it was, yeah. Uh, they had to come down, to come from 2-0 down, 2-1 down at half-time as well. Um, Benjamín Gadre scored the mm-hmm. equaliser early in the second half. Uh, he is owned by Orokan now, or is he owned by Racing? He's on loan at Orokan. I think he's on loan at Orokan from Racing. From yeah. Racing, because I, I remember I, I caught some of this match and was quite surprised when they said he was on loan from Racing yeah. because I, I thought he'd been at Racing on loan from Man City I, I no know. no he's
1: on for Rassing. Rassing. it was so obvious he was going to be good the second he got away from Racing mm.
0: you know when you see
1: players these <laughs> moves you're like ah, oh, this kid's going to be really good mm. not at Racing but he's going to be really good uh,
0: Matias Coccaro got the other two um, now Matias Coccaro I think I'm right in saying is the Uruguayan gentleman with the tango singer moustache right yes yep. indeed yes there he is in all his glory Um, If you want to, somebody who could have been on the front cover of El Grafico in like 1937, Matias Coccaro is the league's current uh, main contender for that title. There Um, was one
1: before, uh, I think it was also Uruguay. Uh, Rivas, Mm. Sebastián Rivas. uh, No, I'm not, no, that wasn't him. He was the really old one. Uh, Salinas. Salinas, that's right. He played up front for Union, I want to say, and Vélez. And Vélez, yeah. Yes, kraken tash. A little bit better than Coccaro still, but he's young. He has plenty of time to, to nurture it.
0: Indeed he does, yes. Um, the other three twos that we mentioned were Union away to Banfield getting the win. Um, Brian Castrillon, Daniel Juarez and Ezequiel Canete. In terms of the order that the team scored in, mm-hmm. uh, I think this one, although I didn't actually catch it, but it looks the most three-two-ish. Three, you know, like the, Probably the the, the most thrilling. You know how it was we, pretty insane, yeah. I watched a last fair week bit of Our, the, um, our win over River, the 3-2, wasn't really that dramatic because mm. River's second goal came in like the 93rd minute or something, so it was really 3-1. Um, mm-hmm. This one went 1-0 to Union, 1-1, 2-1 to Union, 2-2, and then 3-2 to Union. Um, although, just like the uruk game we just mentioned, no goals in the last half hour, which is a bit disappointing. Yeah. But you you said you caught some of this one, though.
1: Yeah, it was... It's a little bit misleading result because Banfield were on the front foot for the entire game and Union, almost everything they shot, went in. Um, just one of them games. Um, so of course Banfield had had that 3-0 in, in the Bombonera the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, were really running high and possibly for that reason just decided to go guts to the wall and, and got a bit sloppy at the back. Um, did their level best to make up for it. Um, it was a... Beautiful assist um, by Juliano Gallopo uh, yep. that boy, that guy again, still on. The, where he just threads the ball with the outside of his foot into the into the path of oh, Ramiro Enrique. Okay. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, should have probably have been worth two goals to deliver it up at Freal, but I don't make the rules of, of professional football. No, sadly. unfortunately not. Um, but I definitely would start giving two goals for especially sexy goals. Indeed. Um, and that was one.
0: And the other 3-2 was also a proper 3-2 in a different way because Aldo Sivi took a 2-0 lead away mm. to Defensa Justicia before being fought back by Beca Sesebol uh, from 2-0 down at half-time for Defensa Justicia to win 3-2. Um, Dan's just mentioned Giuliano Gallopo, who I mentioned a week or two ago is one of my favourite names to say in Argentine mm. football. But another of my favourite names to say in Argentine football is Bautista Kosciubinski who scored the second goal um, for um, Aldo Civi in the 18th minute. Mm. Patricio Bulsen, who got sent off in the 40th minute. Bulsen. Bulsen, B-O-O-L-S-E-N. Uh, have usually pretty
1: name, pretty, um, pretty good value for names. They had uh, that goalkeeper with the unpronounceable Suwosic Nubosic for years and years and years. Yeah. He carried on until he was about 40 and I'm glad it's carrying them.
0: Santiago Lachidain Lachidain Indaco Echea what is it about Madel Plata that attracts Ingo Ingo.
1: that's a solid solid name
0: anyway yeah. um, that's enough of that silliness for now for um, any other matches that you managed to catch down anything that you wanted to um, that you saw over the weekend and thought oh I must mention that on the podcast uh,
1: let me see. Well, the most important thing was to give Racine's glorious victory um, the uh, the coverage it, it deserved. Uh, apart from
0: that, I guess... Um... The other one that's, that um, jumps out to me is that Barracas Central... Uh, oh no, sorry, that's not Barracas Central, is it? I saw the Red and White Stripes. Uh, but I was thinking of Estudiantes, of course. Estudiantes uh, drawing 2-2 two, two with Central Córdoba. Mm. Uh, because Barracas Central... ...beat Tacheres. They, they the Copa so Libertadores They're still not quite rubbish, even though they went out of the Copa Argentina, mm. to river the other night. Um, Tacheres still are rubbish, in spite of being in the, <laughs> in the, Copa, Libertadores. the Copa Libertadores. Yeah.
1: As of despite being in uh, Copa Libertadores quarterfinals as yeah, they lost
0: points to points in 25th column. and 26th place yeah. and um, not great is it in I mean, fact the
1: f- yeah the three remaining participants in the Libertadores are 19th 25th and 26th
0: it kind of puts Enough. into context the uh, the whole River winning the Libertadores twice in three or four years while ignoring the league and only finishing third or fourth or something. yes absolutely and <laughs> <doesn't> <laughs> Yeah. This is what you have to do, apparently. Anyway, we're going to take a half-time break uh, now, so don't go away. America Femenina results, Uh, this is only going to be brief because neither of us have caught a whole lot of it um, so far and obviously Tony isn't here because he's working on the coverage for it Um, and he's the one who really knows his stuff about this but Argentina's two results so far have both uh, been matches that ended 4-0. The first was a defeat to Brazil and the second was a victory over Peru. I think that the big news, um, in as much as I've been following it, is that Aldana Cometti is back in the team. I think that she's the player that Tony is very happy to see back anyway. Having had a big falling out with the manager or something last last year or the year before. I don't <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the main thing. Uh, that means that in Group Argentina or in Group B, um, and after two matches, they are third. The top. I don't actually know what happens to which players it says here. Press that button and it'll tell you what happens. Right. So placement matches for the teams who finish third and fourth, whatever that means. Um, And the final stage for the teams who finish first and second. Uh, So Argentina's big match, I suspect, is against Uruguay. And that's going to be tomorrow at six o'clock. Yeah. Which by the time you're listening to this, if you listen to it when it goes out, will probably be today at six o'clock, if indeed I manage to get this online before it. Is played. Um, but Venezuela uh, are going to be Argentina's last group opponents and they have won a match already. Um, so, in fact, against Uruguay. So, they could be very dangerous as well. I'm not sure. This is why we need Tony before we talk about <laughs> women's football. But uh, obviously, didn't want to ignore it. So, uh, yeah, we've mentioned it. And we've given you as much expertise as we can on it. Yeah, I can't so far. Got it much further than that. Um, the Copa Argentina, going back to the men's game, has also been continuing. We must have mentioned with mm-hmm. DC versus Argentinos Juniors last week, because that was uh, played on Wednesday last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but in case we forgot to, Defensi Uttisio won it 1-0. Uh, and then we've had since then this week Banfield beat Union 2-1 Belgrano beat Estudiantes Mm. 1-0 Belgrano in the they're in the second division still aren't they they are yes Um, Lanús lost 3-1 to Godoy Cruz and as we mentioned earlier River finally managed to win a match of football Uh, they beat Barracas Central 3-0 with what I hear apparently were three pretty good goals yes very good goals they were shown on Sports Centre before I came out and I had forgotten about them already. <laughs> um, but yeah, I only found out that match had actually happened about three hours ago because I've been busy.
1: Yeah, a match needed. for a change. <laughs> win for a River because after going out of the it is. um floundering in the league somewhat, um, going out of the Copa Argentina would have probably pushed him into a into mini crisis match. Yeah. Um, Another red card for River too. They are oh, yeah, yeah. racking them up mm. uh,
0: was Godoy and was it? <laughs>
1: nah, sure. Martinez it?
0: David Martinez Very shortly after they went 2-0 up um, And Godoy Cruz had two very late goals Against Lanús, one in the 87th mm-hmm. and one in the 94th minute um, To break the Deadlock there, it was 1-1 up until Those, those closing stages um, So, yeah that's us up to date with the Copa Argentina as well. I'm not sure what stage this was all happening I don't even know here. I've just got a list of matches. Look, oh, okay. some Apparently, games in the
1: round of 32, I think. Apparently they're all the
0: round of 32 if SofaScore is to be trusted on this. Um, but it's possible that they weren't all in the round of 32 because it is the Copa Argentina. Uh, listeners questions? Yeah, why not? Rob Fitzpatrick, as you can already tell, this is not going to be quite as long an episode as it was last week. <coughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> if you Way to up. last week's episode, uh, Rob Fitzpatrick says it's going to be a big pot next. I think. Well, yeah, as I just said, hopefully not as big as last week. Um, he sent us a picture of Eduardo Dominguez and says, "Who can they get in? Who do they think will fix this? Pochettino?" We <laughs> had a go at answering this earlier, really, didn't we? But um,
1: Pochettino, that was never. If no. Ains is off-limits, hmm. Pochettino would be basically a unicorn.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Kudelka, uh, uh, as you said earlier... Steady hand, at least, which yeah. is... A
1: steady hand who's not going to pr- complain that much when the crap in the Beny the Board failed to um, bring anyone in, as Santi can keeps banging home every time he's on the pod. Yeah. Um, yeah Safe bare hands not gonna do anything remarkable I don't think but then who could with this with this in the Benienda team it's not a great situation
0: no exactly I mean even if, if money weren't an object you'd be struggling to work out who it, it, it's always a bit of a crap anyway right you always need the right person for the right club at oh, the yeah. right time um, and it becomes a lot easier if you've got if Manchester City money to, to throw at things or, or whatever but, yes, or, that's even, always or even Manchester United money right because or it's, even it's you know, very know. much the director's fault rather than the fault of the budget that, that United have yeah, been right. over for the last 10 years I think we um,
1: also have another Rob F- Fitzpatrick question I
0: think we probably do because Rob tweeted us that one um, well at the weekend right after the yeah. classical in fact uh, so we will get to it in a minute Chris Hartley says hi guys I have not asked a question for a while you haven't have you, Chris welcome back on Tuesday I heard Tim Vickery say that so far Racing have been the best team in Argentina over the past year Why has this been? Dan? Great question Chris
1: <laughs> Glad to have you back because We need that, that kind of incisive um, Insightful mind uh, Contributing to this podcast um, I think that's a pretty easy answer I'll off. Um After a rocky start at the end of last year uh, he really got his teeth into a racing squad and and as I've said a few times over the last six, seven, eight months or so, um, if kind of the measure of a good coach is how much his predecessors got out of players and how much he can get out of players, he's um, been a resounding success. Um, the example, uh, we used it last week, uh, if I'm not wrong, Enzo uh, Copetti. Hmm. a guy who looked completely lost um, under Pizzi and all there apart from three or four games where he suddenly um, broke into some form uh, now hmm. definitely among the Argentine league's best strikers and and even talked about
0: apparently as an 8 million euro striker. as an 8
1: million euro Serie bound striker almost 8 million dollars almost yes
0: <laughs> in this new, strange world we're living in.
1: Typical Racing. Mm. Just selling on the Euros. <laughs> well done.
0: Uh, uh, it's got a
1: way to go before it reaches parity with the Peso, but I wouldn't surprise me. Uh, no, um, Gago's done a fantastic job with uh, not limited resources, I don't think if we're going to use as a comparison the rest of the league, but probably, especially, you know, definitely compared to... to um, River and Boca, which I think would be the comparison, Racing would like to use. Uh, yeah. Given that out of the bottom three of the top five, they've been closest to challenging um, so. the top two in these in the last probably more than five years. I'd say, right? Uh, yeah. Probably six or seven. Yeah. Um, certainly, none of the others have uh, have come particularly close. Uh, that's no, a yard. Definitely,
0: they're you know of the big five. Uh, over our I guess really over our decade recording if you don't count the fact that Independiente won the Sudamericana and San Lorenzo won Oliver Levertadores but mm. domestically speaking and in terms of consistency oh, yeah. uh, it, it's been racing right there behind mm-hmm. River of Boca yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so he's just done a very good job um, with the players he's got uh, bringing in a few guys who with the exception of Edwin Cardano who's, who's fizzled a bit really um, and not not found his place in this team. Uh, the rest of the guys who've come in have all, all done a good job. Uh, guys like uh, Insura at the back, uh, Gonzalo Piovi, who was at Racing before, but he'd been out on loan, never mm. really looked like getting into the first team, and, and he had six really good months at left-back. Um, mm. Carlos Alcaraz, the, the young midfielder, and... Um, And then i got a few of the people who were there before, Lolo Miranda, Lima Morena in the middle of being key to to this kind of, this Gago style, which is uh, pressing hard, keeping possession, using the whole pitch. Uh, It's been great to see. Um, It was a pain in the ass to lose to Boca and then go out to the Sudamericana. The team had three... Three or four bad weeks, which threatened to undo everything good that had been done for the, the six months before. Uh, but they seem like at least now they've they've stabilised, and especially with um, Boca and River not doing great, um, they got a chance to to fight for the league for sure. Um, this weekend's game against Newell's is going to be very important uh, because yeah. it's another team right at the top ends. And it's in Rosario Nales. Um Racing away haven't been quite as good as at home uh, this season. Uh, but that's going to be a, a real test. And if they can get something away away to news, then, then we can start thinking about, yeah, title challenge?
0: Why not? Yeah, indeed. Uh, the next question is, I guess, the other side of the, the coin, really. Peter mm. Strum says... What's wrong with the two biggest teams, River slash Boca? Um, I mean, Boca have
1: been broken to some extent or another for a long time.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one because I mean, a it's not. Although we were talking in the first half of the podcast that, and I was mentioning how like the narrative around them at the moment feels similar. Mm-hmm. They don't actually have the same problems as as, as clubs do, no. kind of institutionally speaking. Um, you would still expect River to have a rather higher ceiling in terms of mm. what they should be able to achieve than Boca. Uh Listen to last week's episode in particular for quite a bit on the Boca boardroom. Riquelme perhaps not being as great a director as some of us I me mean, thought he might make. Yeah, but
1: it's something that predates Riquelme as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll it almost predict. feels like with Boca that they've become so obsessed with this one thing, uh, the Libertadores, that A, they can't enjoy success when it comes, which i have had a lot of. Yeah. uh, And B, everything at the club has been subsumed at this one overriding goal of winning the Libertadores, which means they're just an extremely short-term club. uh, Short-term in the sense that The next Libertadores game, basically. That's all they're building towards. Yeah. And they've been unlucky, to be fair, the last two seasons to go out of the the Libertadores when they did. Uh, If we remember last year, they had those two very questionable uh, disallowed goals against Atletico Mm Meneiro. This year, obviously, going out on penalties to Corinthians after two nil-nil draws, where probably they they could have edged it um, without doing a whole lot. But... I mean, that's the problem with this approach. Uh, they had two unlucky games and the whole season's fucked. It's uh, it, it's not sustainable. It's not the way to build a football club, really.
0: No, and in terms of how we can connect the the two clubs, because uh, the thing that I... When you started talking, I, I had in my head that when I got to River, I wanted to sort of say that River had had a directorship who came in in... 2015, 16? Donofrio. Donofrio win win the presidency. 2014? No, 2013, wasn't it? 2013. Yeah, the short season under Ramon Diaz at the start of 2014, Mm -hmm. having won the presidency in December 2013, uh, and then appointed Garciano, of course. Um, And and very clearly tried to, obviously, Argentine clubs, presidents are voted for uh, by the membership. They have a set four years in charge unless you're going to try and do something dictatorial like what happened at Racing or or Mm -hmm. whatever and try and tear up the club constitution Um, but within that format River tried to and and within the fact that they're in a country with a completely collapsing economy River tried to put together the closest thing possible to a European style Mm. a big European club at boardroom level and you know off the pitch level and the administrative level and the thing that occurred to me while you were describing what Boca are doing at the moment is that Boca have kind of done that as well but the Avenue that they have gone down rather than the generic well run European club is Paris Saint Germain, who are just desperate to win the Champions League. And I'm yeah. any, anything like completely dominating the league in the meantime, mm-hmm. get in the way of the fact that the guy who's in charge at the moment isn't the right guy to who should be in charge at the moment. And they've got a galaxy of stars mm-hmm. by local standards in Boca's case. Um, um, and nothing seems to go right for them, and um, every defeat in continental football feels like the, the end, end of an era. Yeah. As a result,
1: which it is, because that's all you've um, all you plan for, or possibly a bit closer to home. The the parallel make with, would be with one of Brazil's big teams, you know, uh, a Flamengo, a Corinthians, a uh, hmm. uh, um who always just seem bent on success in in the immediate short term at the expense of doing anything that could last uh, a couple of years and and that's where I make the difference between what River and and Boca have done over the last uh, seven, eight years. Uh, River have, you know, they're two teams who have got a lot more money than anyone else in Argentina. Boca in turn have a lot more money than River. Uh, But where River have tried to buy a team, Boca have just tried to buy a trophy. Mm. And the results of, of those different approaches, I think, are,
0: are evident, uh, you can yeah. see them. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, and, and just that, and, and the other thing is that River made, it took one gamble, calculated gamble, wasn't that big a gamble, maybe, to bring in Marcelo Gachando as coach at the beginning of Donofrio's, relatively speaking, anyway, the beginning of Donofrio's mm-hmm. time as president. And, just as I said a few minutes ago, it depends on getting the right guy for the right club at the right time, and Gacharlo turned out to be the right person for River. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, every other club in Argentina have been going through you know, cycles of trying to find that right person you know, just as easily. Gacharlo could have turned out to actually be, oh, you know what, this guy doesn't really know how to manage, he just used to play for us. Yeah, I wonder if we were in a parallel universe, um, you look
1: back at the 2014 Sudamericana hmm. uh, the semi-finals River with Gallardo fresh off the um, fresh on the bench and Boca back then had Arrua Barrena I want to say I think so yeah. that game finishes in Boca's favour they go on to win the Sudamericana
0: and the other thing is they that. go on to
1: win the Libertadores the so next year are we then are we now talking about seven years of Arrua Barrenes dynasty, oh, yeah. uh, while
0: Gacharro well, River in there, or on the right, coach. Because the, because the other thing is that, in between those two legs of, of that Sudamericana final, River effectively gifted Rassing the league by playing a reserve side against you in a decisive match. Indeed. And only losing one nil to, was it an on goal? My dad, I want to say? Funes Mori. Funes Mori, yeah, one, one, like, one of the only two starting eleven players mm-hmm. who were on the pitch or something. Um, and so, you know, if, if that fine margins double super classical Continental semi-final goes the other way, suddenly you're thinking, oh, he's got Shadow's judgment, this good. Really. Yeah. And, yeah, that's and, it. And it's exactly that. It all depends on momentum. It, it's a very funny thing, those sliding doors moments, mm-hmm. as I believe they're called. I believe so, yes. Um, yeah, that'll be a test to see how many of you are. Old enough to get that reference because I now <laughs> realise that that film came out in the mid nineties. Crass. Oh goodness, that way. But yeah, good. I'm very glad about that because <laughs> you're the one sitting on the other side of the table from me. Um, but yeah, so on the one hand, they're just uh, going back to Peter's question. I, I, what's wrong with them? Different things, but they both kind of are in macrocosm. They're very, very visible. Um, examples of the way that the rest of Argentine football could be run as well, mm-hmm. really. Um, and, yeah, different things are wrong with them. But, at the moment, it was like a disaster. But, you know, Boca are kind of used to this by now. They're going to pull start. out of it. Boca
1: with will River, be up suspect winning that. leagues again
0: sooner rather than later, so yeah. will River. And, and with River, it's just got a bit blown out of proportion, as you said. Mm. It, it might have turned into a mini-crisis if they'd gone out of the Copa and yeah. Dina. River or you know... Presumably be favourites for the Copa Argentina now this year. You'd imagine so, yeah. <laughs> I um, can't remember. What, are Boca still in it? Did they go,
1: Boca did they are still in it.
0: Yeah, they yes. are. They? But, you know, one of them will probably end up winning the Copa Argentina. Mm-hmm. The other might very well come back and win the league. We've got a question on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll in Boca's
1: favour is that they've already um, clinched their Libertadores spot for next year. Mm. River,
0: uh, by no means guaranteed. No, no. Uh, David Novoshevsky says, was discovering Fernet as life-changing for you as it was for me?
1: I don't think it changed my life. Um, it was a good addition to it. Um, I enjoy Fernet every now and then. Generally, I only drink Fernet uh, when I'm recording, but sometimes after after an asado, after a, after a meal uh, But it's a very fun beverage.
0: Yeah, I still remember my first one. It was day-changing because it was a <laughs> Absolutely roasting hot day in the middle of the Argentine summer, the last time I came here on holiday. um, And it was served to me in like a litre plastic mug. As it should be. um, Full of ice. And yeah, so that was very nice and cooling. Um, It was podcast changing because we hadn't really discussed it at all before we recorded our first episode. And Australian Dan just took it upon himself to turn up with a big bottle of it and said to us when we turned up and then said to us, pointed at me and said you're going to be editing it and Dan put up the venue so I thought I should bring a drink and we were like yep that sounds Brilliant. good to us uh, Rob Fitzpatrick says Lanús played some great football versus Huracan is it all down to new manager bounce and are there any other young coaches in the league to keep an eye on I mean they still lost right 3-2 yeah
1: yeah. yeah. not much a bounce so. no it's not a
0: great bounce um, a jiggle maybe any manager jiggle is that something Possibly. Yeah. Uh young coaches to keep an eye on? Them. Ooh. I'm, I'm throwing it over to you because you pay more attention than I do. Um will, of course. He's younger than us. Indeed, yeah.
1: Is he? Yeah. Of course. Thirty I think he just said his thirty fifth birthday. It's depressing. Thirty sixth birthday. Oh so he's slightly older yeah. than me. Oh I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I Sorry, yeah, I thought. Sorry, I thought he was thirty five still. Okay. Um there were <laughs> a few coming through. I'm, now I'm an old fucker, I kind of struggle with the
0: definition of young. Um, Managee, really, I think it's anybody under 40. Yeah. Really? Carlos Davis, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're certainly going to be keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Um, Whether it's worth doing so is another matter.
1: Becker says he's still a fairly, a oh, fairly young man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot, I mean, the median age or average age for. Uh, Argentine coaches is pretty low I think I can't think of many of the the old guard who are still um, no, the old are still hanging around we
0: always used to complain In Sua, of course he's
1: thing. come back to uh, come back to San Lorenzo he's uh, mm. one of the youngest um, Unions coach Manoa is doing a, a very good job I don't yeah. know if he's young or not uh, 44 on the limit okay Um lot lower yeah generally it's a fairly decent generation of coaches. Um Eduardo Dominguez looked like he was going to be very good when he was at Colón. He's had a bit of a setback now with um after uh, his in Independiente run, mm. but
0: uh I think he will be back. He wouldn't be the first manager to step up to a big five club, get burned and then potentially prove himself elsewhere.
1: No, absolutely. Uh yeah, plenty of um Plenty of decent coaches to to watch out for. But Lermo's putting together a few decent results. True, yeah. don't know if he's still young, but he's there or thereabouts.
0: Hmm. He was quite old when he retired from playing, so I guess he's got a bit of a disappointment. 40-something, yeah. Like if Jose Sand retired from playing tomorrow and became a manager, he'd already (laughs) be excluded on the under-40 basis that I mentioned earlier. Indeed. Uh, Lawrence Hart says, what is your favourite story of how an Argentine team got their name? I like the Los Andes story. But then there must be others. I'm not aware of the Los Andes story. No. Um, can can you, th- well, when you think of a story, Dan, I'll look up what Los Andes' um, name origin is.
1: I think generally they're a fairly, um, fairly prosaic bunch. The. Um,
0: I mean, I, I do have a, a, a idea in my head, but I thought about yeah. quickly, because Los Andes are from... Yeah, they're from Lomas de Samora. They're not from anywhere near the Andes. Um so. so
1: what's the story there? I've always been fond of um of Nova Chicago. Yes. But then that's essentially because their neighbourhood used to be called the New Chicago because it was a a kind of meat packing meatpacking district.
0: Yeah, La Matanza, the slaughterhouses. Basically, is the name of the area, isn't it? Mataderos, Mataderos.
1: Sorry, yes but yeah. Oh no, of course, La is yeah. out in the province, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, New Old boys, I guess, is a a fun name. We're so used yes, to it, true. we probably don't register it, but yeah. yeah. Being the guy, you know, you're calling the team after your old um, old schoolmaster. San Lorenzo's uh, fun story. It comes after uh, after the priest the used to let the, the local lads in Almagro in play in, in the back garden of, of, the, of the parish church. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, not a saint, but they referred to him as
1: Saint Yes, saint but he made, it, he made it very clear he didn't want it named after him. He wanted it named after the actual
0: Saint, saint Lawrence. Ah, okay. Saint Lawrence. Uh, on their Wikipedia page, I can't find anything about why Los Andes are called Los Andes. Sorry, Lawrence, but write in and, and let us know. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, what was my favourite one? Defensive Justicia. Well, um, do you know why? Sorry, no, not Defensive Justicia. What am I talking about? Another green and yellow team, Douglas Haig. They play in red and black. They do, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Why, why was I thinking green and yellow? Anyway, Douglas Haig uh, are my favourite ones, uh, because they were founded in about 1915 or so, during mm. the First World War. Um, as a club for workers at in common with an awful lot of clubs uh, in Argentina as a club for railway workers mm-hmm. um, that's why I was thinking green and yellow because I was linking them with Newton Heath who were Manchester United yeah. four bears uh, who played in those colours um, as a club for railway workers and they got the club together didn't have a name they were playing football all the time they didn't have anywhere to play Mm -hmm. eventually and they asked the guy who owned the construction company uh, who were building the rail the railway whether they could have a patch of land to play on and he said he was british because of course he was because he owned a company that was building a railway in argentina in the 20th century and that's how it worked um and he said yes you can have a spot as long as you name your club after the great hero of the First World War, obviously he didn't call it the First World War, he didn't know there was going to be another one, um, of the Great War back in my country, Field Marshal <laughs> Douglas Haig. And that is why really? there is an Argentine football club named Club Atlético Douglas Haig.
1: I found out why Los Andes are called Los Andes. Oh, okay, cool. Um, because in, shortly before they were founded, uh, formally, in, at the, the very start of 1917, on the 24th of June, 1916, uh, two Argentines managed the first crossing of the Andes in hot air balloon. Oh, okay. So they decided to pay tribute to... Newberry? These no, two. no, that was the name of the balloon. Yes. Um, yeah, Jorge Nuri tried to, I think. Which is why... Huracan, I call it the Eurobo Yeah, he, he or was something.
0: a great hero of early Argentine. Yes. Uh, aviation, in vertical But colony. he didn't quite make it. Um, yeah, starting balloons, aviation.
1: Angel Maria Zoloaga and Eduardo Bradley. Okay. Um, and yeah, to pay tribute to this monumentous feat, Los Andes decided to call themselves Los Andes after nice. narrowly crossing out Corriere Los Andes. Okay. Probably for the best because that would have been very long ends, mm. mealy mouth.
0: I like the way that they made the tribute by just calling it after the thing that was crossed rather than the, the people the who did it. Yeah. One, of, yeah, one of the people who did it or the name of the balloon or something. Yeah. Which might have been a bit less confusing. Um, thank you for that, Lawrence, because I've just learned something as well and there's there are a few things that I enjoy more than a good club or name origin story. Indeed.
1: There should um, be more, more fun um club names, I think.
0: I'd like, to, I'd like to know why Chaco are called Chaco Forever. Yeah, that's true. We, um, we can't offer that as one of our favourites because we don't know it, but maybe we'll find out by next week. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, CAI in English. Who I'm sure Dan is going to be delighted to have a question from. Hello. Says, Who do you think will win this year's championship? Could River or Boca still pull it off? As I kind of hinted earlier, I think that they could still, if they hit some momentum. They are although they're way down in what was so they were fifteenth and sixteenth place, Bocker fifteenth on nine points, River sixteenth on eight points. Um that's still only six and seven points behind Newells at the moment, and we've got uh twenty matches to go. Yes. So it would take either one of them to go on a bit of a tear at this point. Uh I do think, although he's not the player that they maybe needed most desperately to sign, I do think that is going to be a good signing for River. Um, and that they might be able to start putting away a few of the chances that they create mm-hmm. now. Uh, and the so rest
1: the rest is tricky because um, I think our own prejudices come into play a lot. I mean, for example, you see the top three. And two of the top three are Argentine football's eternal bridesmaids. Yeah. Um who any sane person would never bet on winning anything. Hmm. Um, but maybe they have to one year. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be tough for them. Um, Gimnasia, you know, showed they they are human. Um, I mean, I can we'll see. They're the form team in, hmm. in Argentina. I mean, not many teams are playing much better football, at least much better at attacking football
0: than they are. Himnasia are so bright, matey, that they will that their own fans will tell you they've never won the Argentine League when they <laughs> have <laughs> Just because they're that desperate to cling to the idea that yeah. the amateur era doesn't count when they were champions of Argentina in 1929, <laughs> I want to say. Um, I think the favourites at the moment, and it, again, it's probably our own bias talking to us here, but would be Rassing, based on the standings right mm. now, but I definitely think Newell's can do it. Um, the only thing I would say is that it would be an incredible achievement to take it over the line from twenty rounds out, being top of the table. Like oh, it's, gross, yeah. it's absolutely not going to be them being top of the table unbroken from here on in. So no. the most probable is that someone else is going to do it. I um, mean, you look
1: at that top. I mentioned before the um, the top nine are separated by by two points and. There aren't a lot of titles among that group. No. Uh, Union, as far as I know, have never won it. Atletico Tucumán, Platense, Igo De Cruz, Gimnasia,
0: uh, asterisks, in the Mid-field. professional era. Racing, Newell's and Argentinos are the only ones who won it multiple times, right? We, well, Banfield might have two league titles, but... But they're 10th, not, not in the top. Oh, true, yeah, sorry, it's, of course, yeah. So. Huracán uh, did it in
1: 1973, but <laughs> yes. I don't know if they had done it before or have done it since. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of titles outside of Ureca, uh, outside of Nules and, and Racing there.
0: Not a lot at all. As I said, I think Racing are favourites. Dan might not be as happy to uh, say that out loud for fear of jinxing them. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Buendia says, do you think this year's Liga is up? To- oh yeah, I, was- I meant to tweet to one of them saying, "If you two been coordinating questions? Because they tweeted these <laughs> within minutes of each other. Do you think this year's Liga is up for grabs? Both Boca and River seem to be down at the moment. I mean, yeah, it is, definitely. Yeah. It's two, two, two points between nine teams. I'm going to say then, it's uh, Gimnasia's. Uh True. Why? Yeah. And then right now, as well, in the first round of the weekend... Because, yes, it's Thursday night. No, Friday isn't the public holiday, but for some reason... Central well, okay, off, like Patronato enough, right yeah. now. In the first round of the uh, weekend, in inverted commas, Patronato currently needs Central Cordoba 1-0. And if they win that, then we'll have 10th and 11th, only two points further behind. And mm. 12th and 13th, San Lorenzo and Arsenal are on 10 points. So really, you've got a top 13 who are only 5 points apart with 20 games to play. 20 games is 60 points, for those of you who struggle a bit with maths. So Would you venture
1: to make a cut-off already, or is it far too early for that?
0: I don't the think, hot, think. Beneath this line, you're not going to finish champion? I'm going to say that Aldo Civi, who are bottom, are not going to win the league. i will venture that Lanús and Tachérez won't either. I think I'd be pretty confident saying that Lanús, Tachérez and Benes aren't going to win it either. They're all on five points. Tigre? <laughs> yeah, no, not Probably. at the start of the <laughs> So let's say that, and, and Rosario Central, I mean, more by virtue of having Carlos Tevez, to be honest, than anything else. Uh, <laughs> but let's say that everybody from, t- from Central in 20th upwards, I think I just talked myself into saying that. Because it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if Estudiantes won it, and they're on the same number of points. Estudiantes are going to have another three weeks you you. or so distracted by the Libertadores. Oh yeah, they're still in the Libertadores, aren't they, of course. When does the Libertadores get... Uh, when That's the a good question. Happen, Do we know? Um, I've, just, I've just gone away from Sofa Squad. August
1: the something. It's the 4th, 3rd and 2nd of August. Second For some August, reason yeah. I okay. did that in a ridiculous order because I read the the first again first.
0: Yes, although it's from the Argentine team's point of view it's going to be the 3rd and 4th because they're... Um, the two matches on the second are both all Brazilian mm-hmm. so Belez play Tacheres on the third uh, and then Atletico Paranaense host Estudiante de la Plata on the fourth mm. um, return legs are both on the tenth which is interesting that means Tacheres and Belez get an extra day in between there uh, before their second legs um, and we can't have an the, an all Argentine oh. final Uh Semi final, I mean. No, because they're, they're all on separate, separate parts the sides. Draw, so we could have, we might have an Argentine final, although it would really be quite impressive. <laughs> I'd be very surprised, yeah. Uh, but would be great, of course, because Bellis and Tashere are playing each other, as we said last week. We're guaranteed one Argentine semi finalist at uh, least. Yes. <laughs> um, Should we go for Mystic Sam? Uh Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think that Patronato are going to uh, spend the next hour hanging on to the lead that they've got. They might even extend it. Mm. It's always nice when you predict a match that's already happening. Uh, It's easy. go for Patronato to beat Central Cordoba. Um, The other matches are as follows they begin tomorrow. Sarmiento versus Defensa y Justicia. Go for a draw. I think Aldo Civi will beat Atletico Tucumán, and I think that Platense will get a one... No, I'm not doing score lines, but I think that they will get a win away to Arsenal. On Saturday, I'm going for Barracas versus Argentinos to be a draw. Independiente versus Rosario Central. I mean, is that going to be a continuation of Independiente's poor form, meaning that mm. Tevez gets the second win in a row? It's going to hurt losing that one if they do. I, I think it <laughs> that might really sting. I, I think it is. I think that Central will win that. Gymnasia, I think, will beat Colón. And uh, in the big clash of the weekend, the one that you need to watch. Absolutely. In Rosario, I think that Newells versus Racing will be... I work out how I... Th- I mean, I, I kind of... I picturing myself in a week's time going through the results and trying to work out what seems less, <laughs> least surprising. Uh, I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to sit right on the fence. Sitting right on the fence. Yep, picking splinters out my arse. Uh, Boca versus Tacheres. I think it's going to be a Boca win. On Sunday, Godoy Cruz versus Lanús is a Lanús win. Union, I think, will beat Huracán. That could be another pretty good game, actually. Yeah. Um, both teams are playing. Danfield versus San Lorenzo is going to be a draw. Don't watch that match. Tigré versus Estudiantes. Oh, Danfield have been
1: playing last football recently. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah let's track. If you can watch half of it, maybe. Just Tr- blank oh, out yeah. the side of the screen which <laughs> has some Lorenzo. on it. Uh, Tidre versus Estudiantes, I think, is going to be an Estudiantes win. And Vélez versus River. Big grudge match on Sunday mm. nights, from River's mm. point of view, at least. I think that's going to be a... Belles win. You reckon they will do it again? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, that's probably going to be Borja's debut. He's expected to be hitting the Mm. training pitches at full fitness tomorrow and should be at least on the bench for that match. Then we have a midweek round as well. Oh, we do. Mike's probably almost completed by the time we next record. Here we go then. I'm going to do these really quickly. Colon, um, will draw with Aldo Cibi. Platense will beat Central Cordoba, Racing will beat Arsenal, Atlético Tucumán vs. Sarmiento is a draw, Argentinos vs. Boca is a draw, San Lorenzo vs. Unión is an Unión win, Patronato vs. Tigre is a... Patronato win. Defensa y uh, will beat Independiente, Estudiantes will beat Barracas Central, Lanús uh, will lose... no, will beat Vélez. They're going to be playing a weakened team in that one, I think. Huracan <laughs> versus Godoy Cruz is a, an Huracan win. Rosario Central versus Newell's Old Boys. Ooh, mm,
1: That sweet. is week.
0: a week today. 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Uh, it's a Newell's win. Tacheres versus Banfield is a Banfield win. And I think that River will get themselves out of their funk and beat... Gymnasia. massive match given that <sighs> gymnasia currently sitting in the table sticking my neck out a bit there but... some tasty matches in that midweek there are aren't there around yeah none more so than the Classico de Rosarino on probably the day that we record our next episode which is a bit annoying but at least it will have finished by that point already indeed um, anyway for now thank you very much indeed for listening and goodbye from English down goodbye and from me thank you and goodbye <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's been about 24 hours since Dan and I recorded uh, the episode that you've just listened to. But because I haven't had a chance to edit the podcast yet, I thought I may as well give you a score update on the Argentina match in the Copa Femenina, which is just finished. Um, Tony gave us a bit of a heads up on WhatsApp beforehand that Uruguay were likely to sit back and counter and try to frustrate Argentina. And it pretty much went to plan at half time. Uh, For the first half, I should say, Stefania Banini had scored the only goal of the first half, so Argentina went in with a very narrow lead. Um, But in the second, a hat-trick from Shamila Rodriguez and then a fifth minute of stoppage time uh, goal to cap it from the left-back Eliana Itabile, famous surname in Argentine football, as we've mentioned before, but she's no relation, Um, made it 5-0 to Argentina at full time. That means that, as it currently stands, Argentina are second in Group B, level on points with Brazil, uh, three ahead of Venezuela, and, I mean, they've got six points, Um, Peru and Uruguay are both without any points, um, but they have played more matches. Brazil have only played two games, Venezuela and Peru are going to play each other, I think, later on this evening. Uh, Argentina and Uruguay have now played three games each, but it puts Argentina in a, about as good a position as they could have hoped for, really, after three matches, one of which was against Brazil. See you next week.